0: has turned us around this way, so that we're always, whatever we do, in the posture of someone who is leaving. R.M. Rilke. Romaine Rubinus Dorsey lives in Bloomington, Indiana. Her work has appeared in Brilliant Corners, Southwestern, and the Louisville Review, and she teaches in IU's creative writing program. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro. Romaine, what poems have you brought to read to us today? His memory longed for her. Here, everything is distance. There, it was breath. Rilke. Stranded on a Medicaid bed without a leg to stand on, my father talked about the blue coat my mother wore 60 years before, how she cantered down the stairs at the Eggleston station, her good graces not a given, and how he knew he'd lost them by whether she looked for his idling car. He could still see her raven hair, pinned in a cute curl like a pin-up girl, Remembering it got him through the spring of 1947 when she was on loan to the Federal Mediation Service's St. Paul branch. He wrote to her every day. While his friends wondered where he'd gotten to, he spent hours searching salvage yards for parts for his 29 Ford, mapping northbound routes where he might hitch a ride when the Ford broke down. Nights he spent in his brother Dan's basement constructing a houseboat dream, raft with a lean-to, more like, to float with her that summer down the Kankakee. He said he knew then but did not write that he'd offer her a ring, though he had no idea how he'd pay for it or that it would be four more years before she'd say yes. And oh, that striped sundress, the one her mother made, the one she wore to early summer parish picnics at Burr Woods back when he still enjoyed a cigarette, still sweated off the beers cooling in the calumet. How she stood a head taller than the Lithuanian wives, lined up for horseshoes. How even after eight kids together, he waited for her turn, for the sight of her long leg lifting her modest hem with every pitch. From an Envelope Dried love lies bleeding, honesty and hairgrass fall from tender, brittle creases flushed by your two distant fingers as they brushed from simple paper, pockets, small bowls wherewith gathered flowers from the sands you chose to call my memory and not my name. Scattered across my bed, petals like flame lick silver dollars translucent. One rose pressed flat is the color of the desert sky in August, saying, Remember the room, another bed, where once more we will lie, And I will bring to you love in a mist, gay feather, bell-heather, coxcomb, and a kiss. Revival When his shape slid fetal between the ladder's uprights through a hole cut from ice, His long, blonde hair shot out behind a torch in New Year's sky. Even snow, each flake a hot pinch on my back, didn't burn with the same intensity as the sight of that disappearing into black water. Spokoine whispered ten, twelve times before I swallowed fear, stepped into absence, where his two wide shoulders met my two cold feet and propelled me back into night. We shot from ice as if launched pondside, weightless. The snow felt soft then, like flannel and almost as dry. The Man I Love Leaves Records. Carmen sings, Well, you needn't. It's over now. It's over now. While the only cat you ever loved flops into my lap. When we needed, all my life was paper and hair, pets and poems, on and under every surface. Sex, when possible, was hazardous. People crashing past street-side windows. Upstairs neighbors knocking to use the phone. Your necessary fans sending sixth and seventh drafts into chaos. Monk played while we made our own brilliant corners. Though Ruby, my dear, was our song. Not for coming, but for changes. These autumns, these endings. It's over now. It's over now. Sister Dog Gone First, he wants her bones to build a sculpture. The next night, pen in fist, he says, please write Sister Dog's name. An hour later, he returns, his name a slant across a page, her name under his below a crayoned square for a stamp, asks Mom to sign, Dad to sign, and then, where can we send it? Where is dead? Alexander in gray suit. The will of a man in that moment when the man is thinking bite so intently over a deal he seems to chomp at the bit is profane. Let me explain. When the man moved on, the ink on the deal, all through the silent winter, went on erasing beauty and tradition. The man filling a briefcase with crisp shirts and the numbers crunched on his spreadsheet are more real than his child lost and vacant back home, or the speculation hidden in the child for that matter. Members of the Subcommittee on the Absurd, let me illustrate this with a story and ask you all to stand on your heads in the corner, leaning if you wish on the wall, and if you must, buffered by a handful of aspirin, to ease the pounding, as it once did long ago, when there was only an agenda for one, when the future of Sons wasn't even a distant drumming. In Pollock, before Perestroika, a player convinced the lacquer artist to break ground for a luxury hotel. Your Sons will be entrepreneurs, he said, shading his eyes toward the horizon. Can't you see the tourists arriving in their Mercedes ready to spend hard currency? Three generations of myopic eyes squinted down the road but saw nothing like the West. On the horizon, there was only the dung smoke of village tradition and the artists handed over their sons who oversaw the shallow cash flow and the lone cornerstone that sinks there now represents the loss to the future of the skill in one lacquer box on which even an eyelash would stroke a bloated line like the purified numbers of accountants that lie in stock portfolios and slowly what had value in principle began to be replaced by what had market value by the foreseeable trend. Well, in principle, but became the standard speculative phrasing so that the artist, standing with a frayed brush in hand, would not guess that the shirking of a few principles had already chipped the gold leaf from his daily labors. Those boxes I made, they were more valuable than any tourist's. The skills, when I had an apprentice, were valuable too, is what the artist thought. Yet it wasn't more than a few years before the artist began to wonder aloud to himself before the others, were the boxes real? Was my son real? Speculation could not be made to create or pound it into filigree to become part of the box's delicate gold edging. It therefore could not acquire artistry and resembled in significance nothing more than a tangle of brush strokes when inspiration's gone. The artist survived because eventually he stopped looking up. The player had a deep understanding of artists, their ignorance of markets, and need for recognition. That is how he bilked them all. Members of the Committee on Platitudes consider our own impoverishment and the diminishing of that art from which now it is becoming impossible to conceive anything when we imagine the irretrievable loss in one generation of centuries of knowledge that was not passé, that did not represent an untenable lack of tradition, an absence in each of us, even in, the, in some child saying gray suit to the winter sky. Consider the wealth of the player and the slow erupting evolution of the artist, the legacy nothing, not even money, could diminish, almost as if what could not be bought was something noble in the act of making, something incapable of calculation. Then imagine in your investment portfolios the exact moment in the future when speculation might rise and creep like a child into a heated garage and then intentionally into the cab of a car and imagine further that speculation in the car in this garage is for the man toting a laptop on the train something like a write-off the man thinks, when opportunities are scarce, something that will not carry the weight of its own security in a briefcase. The child decides and so demonstrates this by switching on the ignition and continuing to breathe as sleep comes on, and less so, until he is gone. Old fiduciaries, bottom liners, walking tax shelters, book cookers frustrated with the discrepancies between numbers where Our Lady of Grain tastes just like the tin she is made of, let's burn the ledger books and sweep them from the stove's hearth. Let's do it right now before common sense returns like the ticker tape litter of a closed trading floor. Because what's the point? I keep going to the mall where no one's content and contributing to the economy. And besides, behind speculation choking on exhaust is a door that only leads into another blind corner, another erected and poorly insulated trap where a man named Gray Suit and a man named Alexander imagine they'd stand tall and wave to their heirs. You've been listening to poetry by Romain Rubinus Dorsey on The Poet's Weave. I'm Christopher Citro.